You're listening to the Power Place Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch the service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org. Man, (laughs) what an honor it is to be in the house of God, to be at the power place, specifically in in, in the leadership that God has placed in this house. Can we give it up for our pastor this morning? So thankful. So thankful. I've probably said this a million times, and I'll continue to tell you probably every time I step foot on this stage, but I've been, I've served at, at many churches on several staffs, and I have never served in a place with such authenticity in the leadership to where they're the same person behind closed doors as you see when they step foot on the stage. And it's an honor. I'm telling you, I can't express it enough. It is an honor to serve on this team and do it with one purpose, to point people to Jesus. That's our whole goal. That's our whole goal is for people to know Jesus, to find him and experience his power that we're given through his Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, uh, it is World Down Syndrome Day today, and I am so excited. Uh, Most of you know my son, Anchor. He has Down Syndrome, but for those of you who don't, uh, he's six years old, and uh, we're celebrating him today. We celebrate by our uh, fancy, crazy socks. So uh, if you didn't know it was World Down Syndrome Day today, you know now. So that means go home, throw on some crazy socks, mismatched socks, whatever you want to do, and, and, and take a picture of that and tag anchor or, or tag me or my wife in that. Uh, we would love to see uh, support and love for anchor and, and all those who have Down syndrome. We celebrate that. That's a huge blessing. They're a huge blessing. Amen. Hey, we're in this series. Is this natural? And uh, man, what what an incredible series it's been to understand the, the importance of miracles, signs, and wonders for today. It's important for today. It is alive and well today. And uh, today, if you're taking notes in this series, I'm calling this Make It Natural. If it's not natural, make it natural. Why are signs, wonders, and miracles important for today? Why are the gifts of the Holy Spirit important for Christians today? Well, number one, it's to edify or to build up the church and to point people to Jesus. That's what a sign is. A sign on a highway tells you where you're going. You know when to get off an exit. You know when to stay on and wait for the next one because they're there to guide you. These signs are here to point people to one place, and that's to Jesus. Some people would say that the miracles, signs, and wonders ended with the, uh, the, the apostolic age in the Bible, but the Bible disproves that. And in two passages in Acts, in fact, uh, there were deacons who performed them, not apostles, not just apostles. There were deacons and in Galatians, Galatian Christians in the church performed them in, in Corinthians, Corinthian Christians in the church performed them. There is nowhere written in the word of God that miracle signs and wonders have an expiration date. 
There is no expiration date. It's not like Isaiah and Brittany's milk that they get at the local Amish farm. They have to drink within about three days before it goes bad because it's not pasteurized. There is no expiration date on miracles, signs, and wonders. But here's what they should not be. They should, they should not be something that we make a spectacle out of. This is not a circus. This is not a show that we put on. This is not something for you to come and tickle your fancy. This is to point people to Jesus. For one reason, miracles, signs, and wonders point people to Jesus. It's not there for our enjoyment or for our spectation. It's to point people to him. In fact, this is something that we're prompted in the Bible to desire. And uh, point number one, if you're, if you're taking notes, I'm, I'm, I'm really big on notes. I'm really big on points. It just helps me organize my thoughts. And I think it could help you organize yours as well. So if you want to write this down, point number one, desire his gifts. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says, follow the way of love. Isn't that interesting? It's prefaced by, say, by saying, this is simple. If God is love, then follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. So what you're telling me, if I want to be like Jesus because he's love, then all I have to do is follow in his ways and desire his gifts. In other words, the fruit of the spirit. If I desire the fruit of his spirit, then I'll begin to bear the fruit because I'm planted where? In him. When you're planted in his stream of living water, you'll begin to bear the fruit of the spirit. And it says to desire, especially prophecy. Here's the thing. I think we've, be, we've become intimidated by prophecy. We feel like it's this big, this big weighty thing. It's, 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 oh my goodness, what if I'm wrong? And understandably so, because we're human and we're flawed. We're imperfect. But here's the deal. We don't need to be intimidated by prophecy or prophesying because it does not come with our own wisdom, knowledge, or understanding. It doesn't come from us. And prophecies can be... Uh, they can be immensely edifying personally or to the church. In fact, we had the honor uh, s- several times now uh, from hearing from the late Pastor Russ Fraze, um, what a man of God. Uh, so thankful that we had the opportunity for him to speak over our church, to pray into our church. And it wasn't just a one-time thing. In fact, this is not something that Pastor Russ did often. Uh, I just heard from Pastor Greg and Christy the day, the first time that he spoke over the church, that he prophesied over the church. It was Christy that went either to him or to Penny and, and said, hey, you've got a word for the church. And, and it was Penny that said, he doesn't, he doesn't do that. That's not something he does. But in the moment, he became obedient to God and said, you know what? Yes. I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to share this word that the Holy Spirit has given me over the church. And just recently, we listened to that again as a staff. This is back in 2016. And I'm telling you, the encouragement, the excitement in my spirit rose up because we're living 
in what was prophesied over us in 2016. We're living in this. And so I want to share this with you this morning. Listen to what the Holy Spirit spoke over our church and think about where we're at right now. Go ahead and play that, Brandon. Thank you, Pastor. This is a great place for God to settle and do his work. As David went to battle, he said to the Lord, should I go? And he said, when you hear the wind in the mulberry leaves, go. And the wind is in the mulberry leaves of the power place. A fresh wind. A fresh wind is about to blow with intensity and with spiritual dynamic. A wind you have not yet sensed in your spirits and in your heart. That wind is going to be all. The wind is in the mulberry trees of this congregation. And I see a tree and a tree and a tree and a tree and a tree. Individual trees. And a new wind is going to blow in every one of your trees. And you are going to have the ability that Joshua had when he said, Sun stand still and the moon stand still. You are going to stop things in the natural. And the green light is for the spiritual. Amen. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing and the wind of God is going to blow fresh and new on your flesh. And the red light to the flesh has come and the green light to the spirit is now. And this is your season. This is your season. Father, I thank you for this church, Pastor Greg and Christy, all the leadership. We now speak a new season flow into their lives and into their spirits. That this is a time of restoration. This is a time of reconciliation of all things in the spirit. And Lord, that every tree in this house is going to begin to grow unprecedented fruit. And they're going to shake their leaves. And the fruit is going to fall everywhere they go. And this church will be known as a place of restoration and healing and deliverance and miracles and signs and wonders. The best days for this church are ahead. The exponential increase is ahead. The favor is ahead. The flow is ahead. Like you have never experienced what you had has been good. And the labor that has been sown in this place now is going to mushroom as a cloud over this place, Philadelphia, and this city, and this area. And the glory cloud is going to settle on this place. And this city and this community as you move forth. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Oh God, that eyes be open and the lame do walk and the lost are going to come and they're going to be found for the glory of God. Bless this house. 
this pastor and his wife and these leaders with unprecedented, uncommon favor and blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, can we celebrate him right now? Look what God has done. Look what God has done. Exponential fruit. We are living and seeing exponential fruit. In fact, since that prophecy over the power place in October of 2016, we've seen 746 people come to know Jesus as their savior. Come on, if that's not worth celebrating, I don't know what is. They've come to Jesus. Exponential fruit. Not to say that the prophecy did this, but it was telling us what was to come. And it edified the church because of it. It lit a fire in our spirits to say, God, we know that you can do it. We know this is from you. And we're going to believe and trust and follow your will for us. We're going to do what you've called us to do. And this wasn't from his own understanding. Like I just told you before, it's not something that he even regularly did. But he's obedient. Ali and I have received prophecies over our lives, both individually and as a couple and, and there are some that we've seen come to fruition and some we've not yet seen. And that's okay because it may not be time yet. There may be a word that you've received that you don't understand. It doesn't make sense at this point in your life. And that's all right. Just put it on the shelf and begin to pray over it and say, God, whatever this is, I pray that you would reveal it to me in your timing. I pray that you would help me to understand. I pray that you would prepare my spirit to understand when this is for me and how to step into it. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 to 21, it says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No. Those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. 1 Corinthians 4.20 For the kingdom realm of God comes with power, not simply impressive words. The Holy Spirit's power is greater than man's intellect. First Corinthians two, two to five, my brothers and sisters, this is from Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, my brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom for while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. Number two, God always validates his word with a demonstration of his power. That's how you know it's from him. That's how you know it's from God. It's not just lofty words and eloquent speech. It's a demonstration of his power that validates his word. It's a witness to his word. Hebrews 2, 2 to 4, it says, so we must listen very carefully to the truths we have heard or we may drift away from them. For since the messages 
from angels have always, always proved true and people have always been punished for disobeying them. What makes us think we can escape if we are indifferent to this great salvation announced by the Lord Jesus himself and passed on to us by those who heard him speak? Here it is. These weren't my words in point two. These are the, the Bibles. Paul, God always has shown us that these messages are true. How? By signs and wonders and various miracles, by giving certain special abilities from the Holy Spirit to those who believe. Yes, God has assigned such gifts to each of us. To each of us. That means you have access to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have access to be used by him, to bear fruit by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. Once you're filled with his power, what's going to come out? The fruit of his spirit. He will always validate his word with miracle signs and wonders. That's why we'll, we'll hear people speaking in tongues. Yeah, it's a heavenly language speaking to our father. That's why we'll see miracles take place. That's why we'll see healings happen. That's why we'll see people operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because he validates it with miracle signs and wonders. I've had the opportunity to go to the Dominican Republic for seven or eight years now. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember my, my first miracle I, I ever witnessed. There was a woman who came in. She was deaf. And she came to visit one of the, the doctors there in the clinics. And then there was a prayer team. They began to, to speak to her through sign language. They had a, I always get this backwards, an interpreter. Yes. Thank you, Ureta. I think, I think I heard Ureta. An interpreter. It's like translator or interpreter? Translators through text. Interpreter. They had an interpreter and uh, they were signing to her and began to tell her about the gospel and how he could heal her ears, how he could open up her ears. And it was as if she had heard this for the first time that that's even a possibility for her. They began to pray for her, placed their hands on her ears. And I saw the moment her ears were opened. The moment, you should have seen her expression. I think I have it on film somewhere. I wish I would have uh, found the video and showed it to you. You can see the expression the moment her ears were opened by the power of God. You could see the moment. That was my first miracle I've ever witnessed. It was an incredible thing, but it pointed to Jesus. She knew in the moment she'd never heard that anyone could, could heal her ears. She thought this is something she's going to have to live with forever. The moment her ears were opened, she knew the power of God was real. It pointed her straight to Jesus. Last year, uh, we were doing a first Friday service. I had a terrible migraine almost through the whole night. I, I was praying for healing. Uh, God, you see me. I know that you can do this. I need your healing. But the whole night, I didn't experience this healing. It wasn't until after the service, I asked Pastor Greg to lay his hands on me. The moment he laid his hands on me, the migraine, gone. I'd never experienced a personal healing in my life. That was the first one I'd ever experienced. Migraine, gone. That's the power of Jesus. Last week, we were playing a basketball game. A guy scratched me right in the eyeball, right in the eyeball. I could see uh, refractions of light. They were diagonal. Um, like this 45 degree angle, just in this one eye. 
I went to bed that night. Allie laid her hands on me, prayed for my eye. The morning I woke up, gone. Had no issue whatsoever. She could see the physical cut in my eye the night before. Woke up the next morning, gone. The power of God in my life. And it all points to Jesus. First Thessalonians 1, 2 to 5. We always thank God for you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake, for your sake. It came with power. I can stand up here and I can speak in the most eloquent manner and use my intellect to perpetuate the idea that you are fortuitous in being under the sound of my voice. For you will gain the biblical exegesis and theologically sound knowledge and wisdom that I've acquired and been so gracious to share with you. But if it does not come with the Holy Spirit power, it's just a fancy TED talk. It's just speech. There's nothing behind it if I'm just using my own wisdom and knowledge and understanding to sound lofty and, 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 and full of wisdom. It doesn't come from me. It comes through the power of the Holy Spirit and his word. Did you know that, 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 that smoking meats, uh, you can only get that flavor by smoking the meat? Did you know that if you took the same type of meat, same size, prepared it the same way with the same dry rub or, or whatever you prefer, but you cooked it in two different locations, one being the oven and one being an actual smoker. Did you know that if I put that in front of you, you could instantly tell which one was smoked and which one was not? I don't have to tell you because you know from the flavor that's been infused with the meat that can't be achieved in any other way that it's the smoked meat. It's the real deal. I only know this kind of stuff because I'm actually getting into smoking meat. So if you got some tips, come see me after church. I'd love to hear your uh, process. I haven't gotten mine yet. Can't afford a Traeger, but I'm going to get a pit boss. Super excited about that. Maybe Father's Day, right, babe? Father's Day coming up. But I could place these two meats in front of you and immediately there is no denying the evidence of smoked meat. There's no denying its evidence. There is nothing like the Holy Spirit infused word of God. You can tell the truth from the false. It's evident. It's understandable. It's easily understood because you know when it's been infused with the Holy Spirit. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. His word will be validated through miracles, signs, and wonders. You can't mistake the flavor for anything else. It's the real deal. Acts 2.22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God. Jesus went to an accredited university, University of Heaven, accredited by God. To you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. So yeah, Jesus spoke in parables. He made it easy for people to understand. He spoke in parables. 
but he also went around calming storms and opening blind eyes and making the lame walk and multiplying food and healing the leopards. And if the word Christian means follower of Christ, then I need to be mimicking what Christ did. I need to be following in his footsteps. And he gave us the power. He gave us the authority in John 14, 12 to 14. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the father. He went to be with the father. He sent the Holy Spirit. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. If the son is living in you, you're doing the works of, of Jesus, then it's glorifying the father. Son glorifying the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So wait a minute. You're telling me that I can ask God to grow a leg back that doesn't exist and he will do it? Yes, I am. Because the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. His power lives in you. It's a wonder that his power lives in us. We can't process it. We can't comprehend it. We cannot make sense of it. It doesn't make sense physically because it's not a physical thing. It's from heaven. It's from the power of his spirit. Acts 4, 29 to 30. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant. I got a lot of these scriptures that tell you the word will come and then there will be a demonstration of power. The word will come. There will be a demonstration of his power. Every one of these scriptures we've read today has verified that, has validated that. It cannot be one without the other. We'll speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And listen, this signs and wonders and miracles are not above the Bible. They're not above his word. They're not in competition with his word. They are a witness to his word. This is not what we need to seek after because then we'll be committing adultery against father, our father. This is not something that we desire more than him. It's something we desire along with him because then we honor our father. We honor him when we understand it. Signs and wonders can break the shell of disinterest. It can break the shell of disinterest. Someone is completely disinterested in church And maybe they're going through something physically. They'll become interested when they hear that someone else has been healed with the same issue that they've had. Instantly, they'll say, wait a minute. I've been suffering with this issue for years and years. You're telling me you got healed by going to that church down the street? Tell me what happened. They'll become interested instantly. A wall will fall down because of signs and wonders. They, They do what? They point to Jesus. They point to Jesus. Signs and wonders can break down cynicism. They can break the shell of cynicism. They can break the shell of false religion. Because if there's just the word and and, and haughty knowledge and there's no demonstration of power, 
you know exactly what that is. It's a false religion. Someone is teaching you not things of the Bible. They're teaching you opinions. They're teaching you things that they think they figured out on their own. If it does not come with a demonstration of power, it's a false religion. Signs and wonders are a witness to what the word of God says. One more for you. Mark 16, 20. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. His word and signs and wonders. Number three, don't miss out. You see, this will make sense in just a minute. It doesn't make sense right now. It's one of those stupid dad jokes. I'm all about dad jokes. When you get it, you'll be like, wow, really? At least my wife will. She, she rolls her eyes at all my dad jokes. Ryan loves my dad jokes. You'll probably laugh. Matthew 15, 29 to 38. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men besides women and children. It continues in Matthew 16. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red in the morning. Today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. Beware of the religious spirit. It continues, the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take the bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. This is actually really funny. I I had like myself a laughing fit when I read this. Uh, coming up next in, in verse seven, they discussed this among themselves and said, it's cause we didn't bring any bread. <laughs> what are you that far off? And Jesus aware of their discussion, Jesus asked you of little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? 
Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves and the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking about the bread? Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood he was not telling them to guard against using yeast and bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Don't miss out, you see, on what God has for you because you're so determined on seeing more and more miracles and signs and wonders in order for God to prove himself to you. He doesn't need to prove himself to you. He's done it over and over and over and over and over. And he's saying, you're missing out. You're missing the point. It's been demonstrated. It's already proven. It's already validated. You're just trying to appease your own desires. You're trying to tickle your fancy. Beware of a religious spirit. Don't become someone who allows a religious spirit to control you and consume you. John 12, 37. This is just sad. Even after Jesus had performed so many miracles in their presence, they still would not believe him. Second Timothy chapter three, verses one through five. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the days in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. Does this sound like something you've seen recently? Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Here it is having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. <laughs> that, that's a crazy list right there. Like up to, up to verse five, that's like, yeah, you're right, man. I want to I wanna stay away with, from those. Those are bad people. Those are some rough people right there. And then it comes to verse five. Having a form of godliness. So you're saying this could be people that I go to church with? You're saying this could be someone who's in a pastoral or leadership position? Or, or in other words, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Because they have a form of godliness. Yeah, we go to church. We sing songs. We lift our hands. We do good for the poor. We feed those who are hungry. But if you deny its power, have nothing to do with those people. Have nothing to do with them. Stay as far away from them as you can because that, that yeast is going to get in your bread. That yeast that doesn't belong, the, the yeast that Jesus said to stay away from, beware of that yeast. Don't let it get in your bread. Stay away from them. Even the effects, even a little bit of yeast can cause things to rise in the bread. Stay away from it. Turn away from it. Yeah, that, 
That's signs and wonder stuff. That's weird. I don't need that. I just want to hear a good word that tickles my fancy and be on my way. I just want to feel good. I just want to walk away with some new knowledge that helps me to uh, feel right. It's a religious spirit. Do you not realize that we are almost by definition called to be weird? Almost by definition, literally, let me read this to you. Weird, involving or suggesting the supernatural. Unearthly. (laughs) I'm going to read something just here in a second. That's going to make total sense. Another definition says it means to induce a sense of alienation in someone. Hey, that's all right with me. I'll be an alien. Philippians 3, 20 to 21. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. We're citizens of heaven. We don't belong here. We are not of earth. We are set apart. We are different. We are called. We're aliens to this world. We're pilgrims passing through. We're citizens of heaven. So I'm okay with being weird because I'm unearthly. I'm okay with being weird because it's involving or suggesting the supernatural, which only happens through through the power of his Holy Spirit. Leviticus 20, 26. You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. I'll set you apart. Do you know that set apart means not the same? It means weird. I'm okay with being weird because God has called me to be weird. I'm called to be set apart from those in this world so they can call me weird all they want, but I'm pursuing the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm pursuing his power because I know what it's done for me. I know what it can do for you. I know people can be set free. Their lives can be changed. Marriages can be restored. Broken broken lives that feel torn apart can be restored. God can pick up the pieces because it's through the power of his Holy Spirit that we experience experience it. I'm set apart. I'm set apart. Let's stand this morning. Thanks for listening to the Power Place audio podcast. For more resources or to watch a service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.